Hi and welcome to Woodside Weekly, bite-sized, digestible, authentic English, straight to your inbox. I want doesn't get. I want some juice. I beg your pardon? If my mother was listening to this, she would most probably reply in the same way she did to me as a child. And she'd say, I want doesn't get. Basically meaning that's rude. We don't use the verb want to ask for things. It sounds too demanding. So ask more politely. This brings me to the topic for this week being tactful and not too direct. We can learn a language, but there are things we need to know about how it's used. We need to learn about the nuances. Many cultural differences exist in language, and they influence the way we speak. I came to Spain speaking a bit like a grammar book. I had a great knowledge of grammar, but I soon realised that nobody here would walk into a shop and ask for a loaf of bread the way that I'd been taught. It was far too formal. Now, for those of you that speak Spanish, I was taught to use the conditional quisiera una barra de pan. After trying that out a few times and getting looked at like I had three heads, I started to focus on how the locals asked for things. Hearing people walking into shops and using the imperative form and the equivalent of give me a loaf of bread truly shocked me. I didn't feel comfortable speaking in that way, but I had to adapt my language and change my mentality somewhat. So I did. However, I would always make sure to say hello and ask with please and leave with a thank you. Over the years, I've observed that generally, the Spanish, just like the Germans, can be extremely direct with their language. They say things how they are. They do not mince their words. They don't need to hide things in a ball of fluff. They just come out with it. Job done. Make of it what you will. The problem is that this is not the case in English. So if you're learning English, it's very important to take this into consideration. If you walk into a shop saying, I want a loaf of bread, or give me a loaf of bread, you're most likely to get kicked out or get the bread thrown at you. As a general rule, in Britain, we're taught to be polite and diplomatic. Now, don't get me wrong, there are people who aren't, but for the large majority, the thought of upsetting someone, or even worse, offending them, is a source of great upset. Teaching English to many nationalities, but particularly to Spanish people, I know that in English, the way we cover things in glitter and cotton wool seems ridiculous, but that is how it is. So how is it possible to become more diplomatic without sounding too direct in English? Well, we use a technique called softening. And in this part of the audio, I'm going to give you some possible ways to soften. So ways of beating about the bush and adapting the way you speak so that you don't ruffle any feathers. If you want to speak English well, you have to learn these techniques about how to be diplomatic. So let's start with some examples and by taking a look at giving answers. As many of you know, even by saying a yes or a no on their own, 
to a British person or an English-speaking person, they can sound quite offensive. So imagine, can you meet at 10am? No. Oh, okay then, sorry to bother you. This person would probably run off feeling offended. So as you know, we like to use short answers in English. So for example, can you meet at 10am? No, I can't. But even that still sounds a little direct, a little blunt. So how about doing something like this? Can you meet at 10am? No, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I can't. Ah, that's better. I wouldn't feel quite so shocked or nervous by the answer now. It's still a no, but it's a nice no. Another way to soften what you're saying is to use words like actually, to be honest, unfortunately, slightly, bit, quite, or rather. So, let's have a look. Can I come to visit you? No. All right, we've already established that we are not to do that. Can I come to visit you? No, it's late. Don't do that either, it's too direct. Can I come to visit you? No, I'm afraid it's late. That's great, I like that. Can I come to visit you? No, I'm afraid it's a bit late. I'm afraid it's rather late. I'm afraid it's quite late. That's another way to do it. Let's do another example. The direct version. We have a problem with your work. Basically, that's what you want to say. But, as you know, we can't say it so directly. So, I might say, unfortunately, there is a slight problem with your work. Another way to soften what you're saying, to make it less direct, is to use a conditional form. So imagine I wanted to say, I want more staff working on the project. It's too direct, and it sounds far too demanding. So I would use a conditional and perhaps I could say, I could do with more staff working on the project. It would be great to have some more staff working on the project. Another great way to be diplomatic is to use a question. Now, I know that sounds odd, but imagine you wanted to say, basically, I'm not happy with the website. Far too direct. What about saying, wouldn't it be a great idea to improve the website? Shouldn't we try to make some slight changes to the website? Don't you think the website's a little old-fashioned? Wouldn't it be a good idea to improve it? So you see, we use a lot of words, as I said, so like cushions and to cover up what we're really directly trying to say. Another option is to use the past continuous tense. So imagine, basically you want to say, I want to see the plan. It's too direct, so maybe I could use the past continuous and say, I was hoping to be able to see the plan today. We were wondering if it would be possible to see the plan. And also another ally, which is great, is to use the verb to be able to. So I could say, would we be able to have a little chat this evening? That'd be much, much better than saying, I want to talk to you. So I hope you get the idea now of those certain structures that we use in English to make things less direct. So all you need to do now is to practice.
So I'm going to give you now some expressions about being direct or not being direct. And they're all really common. So the first one, a spade is a shovel. Literally, a spade is a tool that we use to dig in the garden. And a shovel is a synonym. Now, the expression means that you express something very bluntly and very directly and you don't care about the other's feelings. So I could say, for example, John is a spades a shovel kind of person, basically meaning that he's very direct. To mince your words, this is when you speak in an honest and direct way, not really caring if you offend someone. So the other day, my neighbour really didn't mince her words. She told Julie that she was fat. To beat about the bush, that's to discuss something, but not say it directly. So it means that you avoid talking about what is important. The other day in the meeting, the boss was beating about the bush. He should have told the workers about the real situation, but he ended up talking about the weather. To cut to the chase, this means that you get to the point, you say what you need to say. So the other day, in the meeting, the boss was beating about the bush. He really needed to have cut to the chase. To tell it like it is, this is to describe something honestly without hiding the details. So John told Peter like it is. He told him that he needs to sort out his life. To ruffle feathers. This is to upset someone. Peter ruffled his mother-in-law's feathers the other day. He told her that he didn't like her cooking. To go all around the houses. This is an expression that's very, very similar to beating about the bush. So it means that you explain yourself in a really complicated way and you give too many details. So every time I speak to her, I switch off. She goes all around the houses and tells you about anything and everything. All the details are so irrelevant. And that's all for this week. Thanks very much for listening to Woodside Weekly. I'll be back again next week with more. If you did enjoy the podcast, then please remember to like and share. Thanks for listening.